What's up, everybody? Welcome to College Football Talk Station. I'm here with... George, College Football Central. Bennett, all about college football. And today we're going to discuss a lot a lot of topics. Um, first, let's get uh, everybody's top ten. Uh, Bennett, let's start with you. All right. Uh, number ten, I have um, Penn State. Um, obviously, they're a really, really fine football team, but they struggled against a, an Indiana team that they should have beaten by a lot more. Number nine, I have Oklahoma. They had a great win, uh, but still um, struggles a lot on defense. We thought that was going to be fixed, but it wasn't. Number eight, I have Utah. They look really impressive against a fast, improving UCLA team, um, but they still don't have a great enough win for me to put them higher. Uh, number seven, definitely Minnesota. I thought, you know, it's a tough place to go and win at, at uh, Kinnick Stadium. They were close in that game. They fought back, but they just fell a little short. Number six, I have Alabama. Obviously, losing Tua um, was really tough, and I think that's going to kill them in the long run. I don't think they're going to win the Iron Bowl with Mac Jones. Number five, Oregon. They're looking better and better every week. Uh, Georgia, they're number four. They had, a, they had a fantastic performance on both sides of the football, but especially defense. In Jordan Hare, that's a really tough place to play. Number three, Clemson. Uh, number two, Ohio State. And, and uh, number one, LSU. All right, good points there. Um, George? All right. Um, at number 10, I just like you know, I have Penn State. I think that Penn State, I, I think they're a really good team, but they did struggle against Indiana. At number nine, I have Minnesota. Because Minnesota, they had that great week against Penn State but they couldn't follow it up with a win against Iowa. So I have them at number nine, had them losing two spots. At number eight, I have Oklahoma because that, uh, that win this week against Baylor, it was, it was a good win. They, they struggled in the first half, but that second half was all Oklahoma all the way. And at number seven, this is going to surprise some people, but I have Bama as low as number seven because they, I mean, they've beaten up on some cupcake teams, but they, the first real test of the year, LSU, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't beat two is out. And without Tua, I just don't see Bama being that good. I don't, I don't see them winning the Iron Bowl either. At number six, I have Utah because Utah is a deceptively good team. I mean, this is, the, this is the first year in Utah history that they've had six players go to the Senior Bowl. So, that's, I mean, it's a big year for them. And I think they've lived down that loss to uh, USC. And then at number five, I have Georgia because even though they had that rough loss to South Carolina and in the weeks after that, they kind of struggled. I think they've... I think they've kind of lived that down. They've played really well since then. At number four, I have Oregon because, I mean, they've they had one loss at the beginning of the season. Since then, they've been one of the most dominant teams in college football. And then my top three, um, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU, self-explanatory. All right. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about the playoff situation. Uh if Baylor wins out, are they in the playoff to y'all? I think they should be in the discussion, but not necessarily in it. No, because they, they would only have one win over a, a currently. Well, they, they could have two if Oklahoma State stays in, in the rankings, but wins over Oklahoma State and, and uh, a win over and Oklahoma they, wouldn't do enough. If they do actually beat Texas, Texas is a team that the committee we've seen value when at mm-hmm. the start of the season they were, well, like number six, and then – uh, they kept putting them in the top 25, even when they were a three-loss team. Now that they're a four-loss team, I think they could even still make it back to the top 25 because the committee values Texas. Same uh, with Oklahoma State. So I, I think they would be in the discussion. But Yeah, I don't, I don't think that the committee would, would put 
Texas in the top 25 after last week. I think if, if you're 6-4, and four, um, you, you're, you're not a top 25 team. No, I don't think you... this week. I think maybe at the end of the year, top 25. Maybe. If, if, if they can beat Baylor, which is the way they're playing defense is a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> the defense is – it's a practice squad. Yeah. Also, a conference battle champion or SEC loser. Uh, SEC is a tough – I honestly think that you might have to give it to the Pac-12 champion if it's um, – depending on how dominant the game is. Like if – I mean, if Georgia has a loss to South Carolina and then Oregon has a loss to Auburn and say Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship by, let's just say, a touchdown or two, that would be a fairly dominant conference championship win. And their one loss is to a better SEC team than Georgia's. So – that that is one way to look at it, but I would say that Oregon would have only one top twenty-five win, uh, which would be Utah, um, and then that's also at, a top ten win though. Georgia has none of those. Yeah, well, uh, if they beat LSU, they'll have a number one win. That's what uh, that's why I said if we're saying if Georgia loses. Oh, if Georgia loses, if Georgia loses, they have no shot at getting yeah. in the playoff. Yeah, it definitely goes to the, the to the Pac-12 champion. Yeah, totally agree with that. And, I just want to say this. Everybody is writing off Utah very quick. Utah is a good team. I mean, there and it just as much as Oregon. I mean, Oregon is the, is the favorite, but we could see Utah pulling that off. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely underrated. Yeah. What are y'all thoughts on Oregon? Uh, they got one loss to Auburn. It was a close one, a one-possession game. Do y'all think they can make a run in the playoffs if they make it? I think at the end of the day, they will make the playoffs. I don't think they'll beat any any other playoff team. I, 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 see, a, I see a first round exit for the Ducks. I see that too, not out of them not being uh, not of the, not of them being bad, I should say, but out of the fact that if they do make it, they'll be playing against Ohio State or LSU, which are just two dominant teams, very dominant teams who I, yes. I, don't, I don't see Oregon competing with. There's been a, a lot of talk about um, LSU's defense. What are y'all thoughts on that? Could they make a run in the playoff since their defense is uh, poor lately? Well, what, yes. what did what did help LSU this week? Uh, Michael Divinity came back to practice for the first time in a few weeks, and I think that game against Ole Miss, you could really notice his absence. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a leader for that defense. I think him being back will really help to shore up that defense. Um, and I would expect LSU's defense not just to play well against Arkansas and A and M. But in the SEC championship game and then moving forward, I think they'll, they'll play a lot better now that Michael Divinity is back. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> All right. Let's go see what questions we got here. All right. Will Texas get back to greatness under Tom Herman? What are y'all thoughts on that? Depends. Tom Herman. In my opinion, it depends on if he fires his coordinators. I watched the entirety of the Texas versus Iowa State game. And it was hard to watch on the on both sides of the ball. But offensively, until about the last 10 minutes of the game, they couldn't move the ball because all that they were doing was running little plays, you know, just handoffs, except the run game wasn't working. The one time they actually passed the ball, there was 20 seconds left in the first half, and, and they scored a touchdown in three plays by just passing the ball. And as soon as the second half starts up, they go back to running. Then they need to throw. They score two back-to-back touchdowns. I mean, if he doesn't fix – is play calling? No. 
But other than that, um, if you look at the records of Mac Brown and Daryl Royal, two of who are considered the best Texas coaches in well history, their record in their first 35 games, Mac Brown's was 25 and 10, and he took Texas to a national championship over USC. And Daryl Royal was 24, 10, and 1. Tom Herman is 22 and 13, so that's not too far off. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then something is that he, he's currently doing an excellent job in recruiting. I think they have the number mm-hmm. seven class right now. I just think that they need to get a new defensive scheme. If they get a new defensive scheme with the way the talent they have on offense and, and, and the talent that they're going to have for a long time, I think Texas will be okay in the long run. Um, but the only thing that would point – uh, downward is that Oklahoma is just doing a little bit better in as far as recruiting offensive and defensive talent and scheming. So Texas, if they stick to what they're doing, should be fine. The only thing that should worry them is how the rest of the conference is going to look. Yeah, I agree with that. And one thing that worry that should worry Texas, in my opinion, is the fact that Sam Ellinger, who's pretty much the glue and the only player that steps up time and time again in every single game, is he's going to be a senior next year. And so he's only got one more year left. And, I mean, Texas, as we know, had about five or six years of quarterback, just, you know, mediocrity. And now, without Sam Ellinger, in, a, after next year, so the 2021 season, that's going to, I think that's going to be a rough year. All right. Uh, and the final thing, uh, let's talk about recruiting right now. Uh you mentioned it, uh, Texas number six, uh, Georgia five, Ohio State number four, Alabama number three, LSU number two, and number one Clemson. Uh, kind of the same teams up there that's doing good this year. So what are y'all thoughts on that? Um, I think that recruiting uh, is one of those things. That it's always going it, to be fairly similar. I mean, you can look now and then five years in the future – there might be some different teams in there, but it's always going to be, you know, Clemson, Bama, LSU, Georgia, because those programs are just historically strong. Those programs, it's kids want to win. They don't want to necessarily be the guy that helps build a program. They want to go to a program and they want to win. And so that's why you see a lot of the same programs get good and stay good. You know, I think I think something that's going to be interesting in recruiting in the next few years is the SEC East. Um, Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt are both better proven recruiters than Dan Mullen. Uh, but I would say Dan Mullen certainly has the edge right now as far as developing talent and scheming. But I don't think you're ever going to see Florida be able to overtake Georgia if they can't start to out-recruit them. And right now, they're not really that close. I think I think Georgia has – I don't know how many four or five stars Georgia has in Florida, but, it, but it's quite a bit. So I think the balance of, of the SEC East is going to be built in recruiting more than in any other division or any other conference. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one team that I think struggles with recruiting because of their division is uh, South Carolina. I mean, if I mean, South Carolina is competing with Georgia, Florida, you know, all these all these strong teams. Yeah, and not only is South Carolina recruiting, uh, uh, dealing with those teams, they're also dealing with Clemson. They're getting the, the same guys that are the yeah. nerd that are they're going to the Tigers. So I think South Carolina is probably. Um, probably outside of Vanderbilt and Kentucky, the, the toughest place to, 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 to entice guys. It's a, it's a talent, more talent-rich area, but it, it's tough for guys to say, 
I want to go to South Carolina over Clemson or Georgia. Yeah. Now, or- they are the 19th best. I just looked it up right now. They have the 19th best recruiting class this year. They have zero yeah. five stars, but they do have seven four stars, which isn't bad. Um, but the top 10, one surprise is Texas A&M. Because Absolutely. Texas A&M, uh, the team is not 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 good this year. I mean, well, they're fairly underwhelming. They have a historically good program, but this year they're just you know they're not that. The thing that's helping Texas A&M, well, it's two things. First, it's Jimbo Fisher, who's an excellent recruiting, and also Texas A&M has more money than any other school in the country. So yeah, yeah. So so and they have better facilities and and better overall uh, kind of investment in athletics. So why so do they suck? A, well, I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> They played they play the toughest schedule in college football, you could argue, this year, having to play you Alabama, should. Clemson, Auburn, yeah, and LSU. Um, <laughs> and it's still year two. Of, I think it's uh, what people overlook is it's still year two of Jimbo Fisher. you got to give him time to, to completely change the identity of that program. Yeah, um, one quick question here. Do you think that coaches' hot seats get too hot too quick? If You, you get what I'm saying? You know, Coaches get forced out if they have one or two bad years when they don't even have a chance to implement their schemes yeah. and their players. Well, one thing that's hurting the hurting uh, coaches right now is the early signing period, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, that's why you're seeing Florida State, Arkansas, and, and Rutgers even fire their coaches in the middle of the year, because if they're going to, they know they're going to get a new coach in there. They're going to give that coach more time, the new coach more time to, to actually have a chance to recruit those players before the early signing period. So I think you are going to see more and more of these leashes for coaches getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned a great point. Uh, Vanderbilt announced today that they were giving uh, Derek Mason another year. Do you all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I will say, you know. Um, He's kind of the best they're going to get. Yeah. I mean, well, J- James Franklin, obviously, it's tough to follow him. Derek Mason is doing, it, I think, as much as he can with almost no talent. Um, not to, like, undercut anybody at Vanderbilt because they're all great football players, but but not in comparison it's, to, you know, their division and their yeah, conference. You're, you're never going to get you're never going to get if you're Vanderbilt the number 1 in-state prospect. Cuz the number 1 in-state prospects either going to Tennessee or Georgia and, and yeah. that's it. Yes. Um, now I have one question here. Um does this just kind of uh my curiosity just kind of popped up right now. Do you guys think that Vanderbilt if they were in a different conference, say the ACC or it, it wouldn't work ge- uh, geographically, but a conference with the skill level of the Pac-12 or something like that, Pac-12 or ACC, do you think they would be a better team? Not just I'm not talking record. I'm talking actual players, skill, top 25, bowl games. Um, I don't think the quality of their team would change that much. I think you can make the argument that they'd have an easier schedule and more wins, so that would entice players to come. But it's still going to have the same academic standards that prevent these top guys from going there. So in the long yeah. run, no, I don't think it'll make them any better. Yeah, and they've also uh, struggled with a couple uh, uh, non-conference teams lately. Yeah, struggle wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that UNLV game. That was that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Let's see. Do you guys have any We've bowl games predictions? Discussed, discussed it. Uh, Alabama without Tua, good enough to beat Auburn. No, no. I think Auburn wins that game. And I think a lot of people are going to argue Alabama is still good. You know, Jerry, Judy, all this. Well, Alabama has great wide receivers, but they Mac Jones just isn't going to get them the ball. 
Right, he, yeah, and, and, not and well. it's not Mac Jones' fault. He probably won't have time to actually take the snap because Derek Brown is going to have that the left tackle beaten by then. Um, oh yeah. So the, I, the I, defensive line of Auburn is top tier. Pretty much, if you're not an elite quarterback, you can't you can't be Auburn. Yeah. It's just that yeah. simple. Now that brings up the question: Do you think Jake Fromm is an elite quarterback? Do you think he earned back that status? Because he started out elite and then he kind of dropped, and then he got back to elite, in my opinion, on Saturday against Auburn. Yeah, I think he is an elite quarterback as far as his numbering. He's not gonna. He's not like a great an elite quarterback talent, but I think this offense is really constraining him. Um, but I think that's something that he's being willing to do if it means that he can win games. But if you're talking about making throws under pressure, yes. And also, these receivers are not doing him any favors. They can't separate from the defensive backs, and that's killing them. Uh, uh, Auburn has received praise uh, for their defense. What do you all think about their offense? They've kind of struggled the first three quarters uh, in the Georgia game. I mean, yeah, their offense in the beginning of the year, I thought Bo Nix was going to be this big thing. Then against Florida, we saw. He's going to need a year or two to grow into it. Yeah, Auburn fans need to be patient. And I understand that the play calling is more predictable than, than they'd like, and that is something that, that, is, that they can fix. But this is a true freshman quarterback. He didn't play well in Baton Rouge. He didn't play well in Gainesville. I, I, I'd say that 99.9% of quarterbacks in college football wouldn't play well there either. Those um, environments are tough to yeah, step into. He's got the raw talent. And I think that in the next couple of years, he'll be the best quarterback in the SEC. Whoa, bet you think best quarterback? I think that Bo Nix will be the best quarterback in the SEC. Now, one quarterback I want to bring up, Ryan Helinski. What do you think of him? Uh, well, he's done an admirable job, uh, admirable job um, uh, stepping in there. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he had to take the spot of Jake uh, Bentley, who's, at, who's a fairly good quarterback. He was nothing to brag about too much, but his numbers, he's consistently top five in the SEC for quarterbacks, obviously. And I think, I think he's doing really well with no weapons whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, and and that and that's tough because he's gonna have um, he's not gonna have Brian uh, Edwards there uh, in the long run. He's not gonna have a lot of a lot of talent. I think that I think the question is with South Carolina and what Ryan Helinski. It's not really fair to him, but his future is gonna be based on what Will Muschamp and that staff can put around him. Yeah. So, do you think Will Muschamp's seat is getting hotter and hotter? Well, it's definitely warm. I think it would be stupid to fire him this year after they play a ridiculous schedule and have so many injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would definitely say he, he's he, he's his seat is is warm. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank y'all for jo- joining. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed those that are listening and. See y'all next time. See you. See ya.